2: The Team Never Quit podcast is sponsored by Navy Federal Credit Union, and they have a growing community of over 1.8 million veterans like you. Learn more at NavyFederal.org slash veterans.
0: All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell.
2: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Got to take a second to thank you guys real quick for tuning in every single week, supporting the show, following us on YouTube, following us on Instagram, all the things that you guys do to support us. We really appreciate it. And that's a great transition for me to talk about our Patreons. Our Patreons are the people that have gone the extra mile to support the show every single month. They got access to some exclusive content, and they get to ask their questions. So I'm going to kick it off with today's Patreon question of the day, which is if you could try out a job for a day... Just to see if you like it, oh, what course. job would you choose?
0: That's a, that's a, that's a thinking question there, that's man. a thinking that's question. Like, that, there's some good ones out there we don't even know about. And the room
2: is silent.
1: I know. <laughs> i probably like
0: to play a, a quarterback for a football team or baseball or something cool like that. Try that out. I know I'm missing something. <laughs> I was thinking of, you know, a cheating method here, like... Sign up for some work
3: placement place so you can try out a bunch of different jobs, or at least see how a bunch of different jobs are done. Getting, getting more, more out of it.
0: You got anything for Mike? Say that. You got anything for this? What job? Ah,
3: uh,
2: that's a tough one, man. I don't know. I don't know. Hunter, you got one? That is it. Th- uh, is it too, uh, too basic to go Navy Seal?
1: <laughs>
2: for one day for, for day? one day it's for the best day? job in Just the world a day. I think uh, no I think matter that's,
0: what you're doing
2: yeah that's what that I that is would the do. best job in the world
1: absolutely <laughs> I think I would go president
2: oh Pope a lot of information. Yeah, I don't know if I want that responsibility. For a day? One day, I'll be in trouble. It, yeah, if that I kind could of just power? do it
1: for a day, I would <laughs> yeah. want to be president.
2: What can I do in a day? What can I do in a that's day? That's not this.
0: What can I
2: do? What kind of trouble can I get into in a day? Right on. Yeah, that's all I got, man. There's so many. There's just so many careers out there. that yeah. I'll see online, and I'm like, I didn't even know that job existed. I think it'd be fun to be Mike Rowe for a day.
0: Yes. Cuz yes. Mike yes. Rowe. dirty jobs.
2: Dirty jobs. He just gets into it, you yeah. know. All the different all the different things. Micro There's another Mike. <laughs> what the heck? We've the, had a lot
1: of mics. Like in the yeah, last So we can't wait to hear weeks. what you have to say,
2: brother. They've all been badasses. We have
1: some mics coming up. <laughs> we have lots of mics.
2: Yeah, the Mike theme is strong right now at Team Never Quit. Mm-hmm. So if you are Mike and you're a good candidate for the show, <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> yeah. We got a spot for you. High bar. That's high bar. right.
1: Starting the Team Always Mike podcast.
2: Yes, right. <laughs> Man. All right. Well, that's a great Patreon question. It's a thinker for sure. Make sure to continue that conversation over on our Patreon, patreon.com team never Let us know what you guys think. What job would you like to try for Did a day you if you had the chance? I it, said an athlete. Oh, an athlete. Yeah, athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. A
1: yeah.
2: flight attendant would also be, I think, a fun job for a oh, day. Oh, Professional no. golfer, maybe? I like to be that every day, actually. All that travel. That's not bad. That's a good one. I'm about it. There's so many things. All right, yeah, patreon.com. You, you just went overseas with that. You know, that just opens up a whole new world. That's right. It's a whole new world. All right. All right, got a great guest in store for you guys. Mike McCastle is a Navy veteran, performance coach, elite athlete, air traffic controller, and for the last 15 years, Mike Castle. Mike McCastle. I can just blend all that together. McCastle has been on a mission to show others what they are fully capable of being, from coaching world-renowned athletes and explorers to putting his philosophy and training methods to personal practice and service of a greater purpose. Welcome to the show, Mike.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here.
0: I just want to, when we start, to back this up. I, I see what you're capable of. That's the best part about it. And it's also the hardest thing to explain to people. Like, looking at you now, where you're at, and, and where you come from are two different places. So I always like to back it up a little bit and, and tell, tell us about that, man. how did this all start?
1: Yeah, where'd sure, you come sure. from? Give us a little background on your growing up.
0: Well, uh, so I grew up,
3: uh, I grew up in a small town just south of Chicago called Kankakee, Illinois, if any of you are familiar with uh, with the area. Really small. I, I basically grew up in a, in a cornfield out there. My mother was a uh, first-generation immigrant from the Philippines. And my father was uh, born and raised in Louisiana. And uh, I grew up there in,
0: uh, in Kentucky,
3: Illinois. Where in Louisiana? Basically.
0: Baton Rouge.
1: I'm married into a
0: Cajun family, bro. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we, y'all were probably related. But married, all the freaking Cajuns are related. I'm not kidding. Yeah, we are. <laughs> uh i wouldn't be surprised
3: I wouldn't be surprised I so got you're a filipino
0: of out cajun splice
3: <laughs> <laughs> never heard it worded like that but i'll go with it. that's an awesome combination
0: <laughs> i mean the ones we got running around here are an amazing bunch
1: yeah henner just graduated from lsu <laughs> yeah our oldest one Ma- Rouge, i married yeah. into
0: the a whole tiger den I mean, they all go there bro it's amazing <laughs> yeah
1: sorry yeah
3: yeah um yeah so i grew up in, in kankakee illinois and uh uh, you know, my my parents. Uh, I've I I've an older sister, so it was just her and I. And uh, my parents split when I was about nine, and uh, my dad stayed in Illinois, and my, my mother actually went into the uh, the arms. Uh, she went into the Air Force, and uh, from there she kind of packed up me and my sister, took us to New Mexico to go through Officer Candidate School. She was a nurse, and uh, I I grew up the second half of my uh, younger years in in New Mexico uh, until I went to high school. I went to high school in Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, from there, I went into the Navy. So I kind of bounced. I kind of moved around quite a bit uh, growing up. So you're a
0: brat?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Military brat. Yeah, so yeah. she stayed with... And y'all were, you all were in Mexico till you went to high school? And then she got stationed in Vegas? New Mexico. No, she
3: so she didn't get stationed in Vegas. She stayed in New Mexico. And uh, she went on to do 20 years in the Air Force. Uh, did a couple uh, tours overseas uh, as a, uh, uh, a surgeon, uh, a combat surgeon
0: over oh, wow. there. That's yeah, great, so man. she
3: she went on on and she went on to retire as a colonel in the air force. Wow! And uh, uh, I moved to to Vegas to high school with my father moved there, so my oh, my dad you. ended up moving to Nevada. And uh, you know I wanted to, you know I was really into sports. I wanted to I wanted my wings. My mother was a little huh. bit too, you know she was all about like school, school, school. She was kind of she was she was a stricter of the two. And I wanted to really get into sports and you know spend time with my dad. Um, yeah. So a little bit of backstory on that. Uh, When I was nine, back when I was nine, uh, we found out my dad had Parkinson's disease. So if you know the nature of Parkinson's disease, it's a neurodegenerative disease that affects the brain, affects your motor functions, and affects your ability to move. So it slowly takes away the things that you're, uh, basically everything that he loved to do, he was a very hands-on type of guy, everything he loved to do was slowly just kind of taken from him day by day in real time, and we saw it. So, you know, my dad taught me how to fight, he taught me how to you know, play sports. He taught me how to do all these things and just kind of watching the, in a very fast, uh, progressive amount of time, just kind of watch the roles reverse uh, was kind of, uh, it kind of led me to want to be there with him because I didn't know how much time really I would have with, with him to be, you know, to do the physical things like a man and his son, a uh, father and his son would should do. And so I went and moved in uh, and lived with him, end up being uh, more or less his caretaker for my, for my years in high school. Um, so I moved there for sports and ended up not doing any sports because I just ended up being a, uh, more of a, a full-time caretaker for my father at that point. Um, wow. Yeah. So hey,
0: Brian, you're a good man.
1: Yeah. That's tough, man. At that point, when you graduated, you signed up for the Navy.
0: I did. Yeah. I
3: had a, had a choice to make to, uh, you know, uh, 9-11 had just happened, uh, a couple years prior. Uh, I was, you know, growing up in the military. and Found my my father served, by the way. So, you know, I just grew up in that culture of service, right? Was he, was and, he Navy? Uh, I'm sorry. What did your dad do? What branch? He was a he was Air Force. He was a military policeman.
0: Oh, okay. Well, all right, check. Yeah, in the Air Force. So. And you joined uh, the Navy because I, bro, I tell everyone to join the Air Force. Yeah. I mean, once I got in in the Navy and did my first deployment, man, when you see how well the Air Force treats their people, it's something.
3: Yeah, it's, it's something else. You know, it's, those Yelp re- reviews go a long way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I remember Cruz, like, never again volunteer yourself. That's what Navy means. <laughs> but, uh, man, that's yeah. cool. Anybody else in your family, uh, grandparents, anybody serving the military?
3: No, uh, really. My, well, my uncle. So my dad's brother served, and he actually went went missing. And He was in the Air Force. He went overseas and went missing. We still don't know where he is today. Uh, his kids don't know where he is. This happened a, a really long time ago. Uh, so my, my, my uncle who I've never met was in the air force. Um, and he went on an assignment overseas out of Fort Bragg, got sent somewhere and, and went missing. So he's actually, uh, you know, my, my uncle and my father were, were the two on my dad's side who were, were military
0: and my mother. Oh so.
1: well, man, bless your family. Yeah,
0: seriously. Okay. So
1: yeah,
0: out of high school, then joined the Navy. Went into the Navy. How many years did you do there? I did eleven years.
3: Man, eleven that, years. Whoa, in the
0: day. that ten you're
3: in. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they say. You know, you know they, you know, I, I hear that a lot, and I heard that a lot, and uh, you know, but one thing I learned is, you know, something worse than doing a, a job that, uh, you feel that you've reached a plateau, in or that you feel that the growth in the, in, if you're doing a job, that you feel the growth has, has ended, or that the growth has stopped. The only thing worse than doing a job for ten years or eleven years is doing it for eleven years in one day. You know, you you've got to have that flexibility and adaptability to move on and and, and uh, you know, continue that growth. And I saw that uh, I saw that opportunity for me, um, at the 11-year mark in my career.
0: What were you doing, if you don't mind me asking?
3: Yeah, sure. So uh, at the time, so at 11, what was I doing? So in uh, about eight or nine years in, I actually went to BUDS. You know, I I wanted to be a I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. Um, so I was in class two nine seven. I ended up blowing both of my knees out at the same time. Um, and it was, it was one of the most, it was one of the hardest, uh, uh, moments in my life. It was a big turning point in my career because I had committed, uh, you know, I was a fleet, uh, I was coming in from the fleet. And it, it, if you know anything about getting into, into buzz from the fleet, you got, it's a lot more competitive than, uh, going off, off the street. And I had trained, uh, I was working at the, uh, what was called the Navy SEAL and Swick scout team about a year and a half prior to going to training. And, uh, you know, I had. Yeah. So I, I just went to buzz, blew my knees out and, and, went to ended up in Washington state. And at that point I was just kind of like, well, what, you know, what am I, what am I doing? Like, I'm, I'm back doing air traffic control. Um, my dream is, uh, you know, I, I I needed, I need to figure something out. I, I need to, I need to refine my purpose. I need to find something to pull me out of this, this hole, this dark hole I'm in while I'm recovering from these injuries because, uh, sitting there, you know, in Washington state and, Having that, my one man pity party wasn't working for me anymore.
0: I'm curious as to how, what you do and your accomplishments now. What started that? How do you? I get the 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 mentality. I mean, you wanted to be a seal. Guys get hurt in the program, and -hmm. then you 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 charge back even harder after that. How did you push into the extreme program?
1: Yeah. What made you see that window of opportunity to get out and do something else?
3: You know that that's a question that that I've asked that I ask myself a lot. I asked that question a lot because the, I feel, I feel that the, the to answer that question, that deep really g- goes back to my, to my younger years. I think it goes back to, uh, to when I was living with my dad and when I, uh, you know, when I had to make the decision to, uh, to quit sports essentially. Uh, so I, I, I was, uh, I was in basketball. I was in track. I was, I was an average athlete. I wasn't a, I wasn't a super athlete. I was, you know, I was, I wasn't incredibly gifted, but I was, uh, I was enough to get a couple offers for scholarships and, uh, and things like that. Uh, but there came a point where, you know, I, w- I would go to practice. I went to practice one time and I came home and my father had had a uh, he had had a stroke. So I came home. He was on the floor. Um, the Parkinson's uh, started to progress and he, he would miss his medication, started to affect his brain. And uh, one day I came home. He was on the floor. He had had a stroke. So the day after that, I quit the team. I, I made a decision like, okay, you know what? I can't, I can't be, I can't do both. I could take care of my dad or I could pursue this, you know, my love and passion for sports, but at the same time, you know, I, I want to be there for my dad. But in my mind, I, I think I internalized that is as, as I quit. I quit on, I quit on a, on a sport and something I loved, something I was passionate about. And so I kind of carried that with me. And there's something about, uh, you know, looking at yourself in the mirror, there's something about knowing that deep inside that you quit something and you know, you could put on, a, you could put on a, a lot of different masks. You could put on a, a lot of different. Uh, you can fool yourself, uh, or you can fool other people, but you can't. You can never fool yourself. And the second part of that is when I left for the military, you know, I left during a time where my father was, you know, he was already in stage four Parkinson's. So his motor function was almost completely diminished. Uh, his his steps were small. He was he was always falling. His the shaking, the tremors, uh, Parkinson's is characterized by uh, the tremor, tremoring of the hands. Um, and I remember going to the bank with them and, and just seeing his the seeing that he couldn't even sign his own checks anymore. You know, and seeing the frustrated man, man, just trying to sign his checks to pay. You know, pay rent or pay the bills. He couldn't even do that anymore without help or assistance. And um, then here I am, wanting to leave him, and go and and you know pursue my own path in life, go into the military and serve. But what I felt was a cause greater than myself. Um, really, really, uh, pulled pulled hard part of me because I did feel like a part of me was. You know, he encouraged me to go. He encouraged me to find purpose in life. He encouraged me to leave. But at the same time, I didn't really. See that for myself. I felt kind of felt like I was leaving him. I have carried carried that guilt with me throughout my uh, young adult life, and so then you know here I am. Uh, you know, well, I'm not a quitter. You know, I know that I'm I'm I, I've pushed myself physically before. I've been through tough things before. Let me let me go through. You know, I'm doing a job that's very demanding on my mind. You know, air traffic control is one of the most stressful jobs on the planet. Um, it's very mentally engaging, mentally challenging, and I wanted I wanted to see how far I was willing. I wanted to know how far I was willing to push myself. I wanted to see how far I was willing to stretch my limits for something I believe in and something I love. How far would I be willing to go for that? And it it itched at me and it it got to a point where, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't sleep at night. I talk about what
0: that's like, that itch. Yeah. I've heard a million different ways to explain that, but normally when, uh, the trick, the itch, what, what that means.
3: Sure. It's like being in a, it's like being in a hallway. Think of a long hallway. At the end of the hallway, there's a golden door. and you know that at the, at the, on the other side of that golden door at the end of this long hallway is everything you're capable of being, when confronted with the challenge, when confronted with everything that that you was put that you were put on this planet to do, your fullest potential is on the other side of that golden door. Now you're walking down this hallway and there's there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of doors to the left and right. Right. There's a lot of there's a lot of doors that are, you know, you look to the right. There's a door. It's it's comfort. It's a shortcut. Right. You look to the left. There's another door. It's another easy way. There's a there's these all these distractions. Everything is pulling you from this hallway. Everything. Everything is p- trying to take you off this path. But if you take one of those doors, it always leads you back to the beginning of that hallway.
0: And how do you, you know that? Step- that? That's a great way to say that. Right. Mm- and those yeah, those you, doors are, are open and they're lavish and they're even labeled. Yes. They're they're freaking labeled, man, and they're lit open- up like Vegas. Yeah, man. yeah, absolutely. That's a real thing. Yeah, now, talk about up. that.
3: Yeah, you you know you take one of those doors, you go in. There's a nice uh, soft, nice warm bed waiting for you in, in the room, uh, and uh, you know you, you you lay down on the bed. You're you're there. It's comfortable. Uh, then before you know it, hours go by, days go by, weeks go by, and it's time to go. You get up and you're back in the beginning of that hallway, and you remember why you were in that hallway to begin with, and it's, it it hits you like a like a like a ton of bricks. It hits you like a ton of bricks.
0: Sure. Mm. Yeah, I heard it explained the same way. Matter of fact, they said uh, they also said everything that's in all those doors is behind the one golden one. Mm. But when you peel them off, each individual, mm. they they're in there. You can go in there. Some of them are good and but you get worn out with it eventually you get pushed back into the hallway because your ultimate de- destination is at the end but they are exactly. they, they're labeled up for sure
3: exactly yeah so you know fear hesitation self-doubt all this all the things that we use as uh excuses to to stand that to stay in that hallway um at the beginning of that hallway i mean the, the, that's what the doors are labeled as you know relationships things that you think you know distractions uh Things that things that just pull you away from your purpose. You know, th- those are what's behind those other doors. But I, my mind, my I, I wanted to see. I needed to know what was on the side on the on the other side of that golden door. Everything, all the lessons my dad, my father instilled in me, was pushing me towards that golden door. You know, when I was when I was a kid, when I was growing up in Kankakee, uh, I wasn't very I wasn't really very active as far as like sports with other kids. But my father would take me out fishing. He taught me how to fish. He would take me on the banks of the Kankakee River. And while I was out with him, he would tell me these stories. He would tell me a lot of stories that would go over my head. It was a lot of uh, a lot of legends and myths. Of, of, you know, he would talk to me a lot about stoic philosophy, uh, Greek mythology. He'd oh, tell I mean, me I, stories. That's of, a father. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's right.
0: not a dad, that's a father.
1: He's a real And
0: they'll, that, they'll look completely different. Mm-hmm. They're not yeah. that's Because right. you don't get that right. till till later in life. Normally after they're gone. One
3: hundred percent. And it's true. I, I didn't get it until after, you know, till later to where he couldn't really uh, vocalize those stories to me anymore. Uh, you know, stories of, of of like Hercules, you know, a man who uh, uh, who was who was cursed in his life, you know, but he still had a choice to make. And that, I mean, it's it really it's a story of every human being on the planet you know, you're tested, you're, you're dragged through the fire, you're, you're, you feel like you're cursed, but you still have a choice at the end of the day, there's still a choice. So you can either turn those things and use it as excuses or reasons, uh, or you can, you know, downward spiral and spiral into, into madness. And, um, you know, my, my dad would tell me things like, you know, you know son you you suffer more than in imagination than in reality i'm like dad i'm six like what are you talking about (laughs) makes sense
0: man (laughs) (laughs) i know exactly what that means now back then i I want some mcnuggets yeah yeah yeah, right toss those in there hammer them home Yeah.
3: yeah so um so uh going through that uh you know then going through the through the program getting hurt you know kind of like I identified myself as someone who is very, you know, I de- identified myself by my physicality. And the problem with identifying yourself by one thing is put you put all your eggs into that one basket. Oh, sure. That basket gets taken from you, man. You're, you're left with yeah, nothing. You yeah, feel like yeah. nothing. And that's what exactly what I did. I put all my eggs in that basket. It got taken from me like in an instant. And, uh, you know, I was left in a place where like, well, who, who the hell am I and what do I what do I do? And I, I wish I could talk to my dad right now you know I, like I, I i could really use his his uh, his his advice right now
0: what was he like only was, was he a physical guy
3: he was a very he was a physically strong man but he was a man of few very few words he was more of like just watch me do it like just shut father, up and right. just watch me do yeah, it yeah yeah a father all right. and come up to your own conclusions about it right he was less uh you know talk and lecture and advice but more of just like you, you just watch me watch how i handle the situation so yeah, so you talk about what that itch is like, and that's that's exactly what uh, what it felt like. You know, uh, it felt like uh, I needed to uh, I needed to, needed to find my purpose again in life and, and and pull myself from that dark from that dark place. And that's how it all started. That's how I started a uh, you know this initiative called Twelve Labors Project, uh, which I'm sure we'll we'll get into uh, a little bit more today. But that's how it all all began. Is a, a way for me to kind of inspire other people because I know there's other people who fi- who feel like me. I know that I wasn't going through it alone. I know there's other people who feel a loss of purpose and a loss of, uh, you know, they're in that dark place for whatever reason in their life. And, uh, and so I wanted to, I wanted to do something that was a physical manifestation of those feelings, a physical manifestation of that struggle.
0: Oh, that's a great um, way of saying that. Mm-hmm. I've never heard it said like that. Uh, can I steal that? That's pretty good.
3: <laughs> all right, it's all yours. You mind? Oh, I appreciate that, <laughs> I, that. That's actually
0: a pretty good one. That's, that's really good. It says a lot too, when someone says it that way, and what you have to go through—that that's what's welded up in there. Mm -hmm. And if you can turn that around and use it to make it a strength, that's that's incredible. So please. Yep. So um.
3: So I started. You know, I was like, well, what could I do? What could I do to uh, again test those limits to uh, to do something to create something that was a physical manifestation of that message that I wanted to deliver. Mm -hmm. And I started this initiative called 12 Labors Project, where I set out to do 12 increasingly difficult physical feats uh, for causes that are deeply rooted in my life. So things that are deeply uh, connected to things that I've experienced through my time in the service, through my through my upbringing, uh, through my adult life. You know, I struggled uh, a lot with with mental health issues, Um, just going through the, the ups and downs of life. I had friends who lost that battle. To that, to that, to those issues in, during my time in the service, and I wanted to, um, you know, bring attention to that and bring that awareness not only of like the resources and programs that are out there to help uh, people going through those things, but also kind of mitigate the stigma of talk, just talking about it. Uh, you know, there's always that stigma, even especially being in the military. That to even talk about it, to even mention it, you're you're somehow weak or less or inferior or or sometime uh, or somehow broken somehow. Uh, but what I've learned over the years is, you know, the truth, the true strength, your truest strength um, lies in that that your your white underbelly. It lies in in facing that shadow and talking about it and being open about it. And uh, you know, it took me a long time to to get there. And I found that through these challenges, through it, through break, through stripping myself of those layers of my ego, of, you know, everything that I define myself as the the negative self-talk and my, my concern over the perception other people have on, on me, uh, through that process, uh, I learned that, you know, it's not, it's not a weakness to be vulnerable. It's not a weakness to talk about that stuff. It actually takes a lot of strength to do it. Um, not a lot of people are willing to do it. Uh, so, uh, when I started 12 labors project, the first the first challenge or the first labor that I had in mind was, okay well my biggest i needed I need to my path to finding my purpose again is is find, finding something that links to who I thought I was prior and it's something that um, I, something about my physicality like what can I do to challenge myself I could do I could do something I was good at like I could go go lift weights. I wanted to do something that took me out of my comfort zone because that's where you grow. So at the time I was recovering now, I'm going to preface all this by do, I don't recommend anyone do any of these. uh, (laughs) Let me me give a disclaimer, disclaimer, (laughs) disclaimer Disclaimer is like uh, this is how I choose to, to express my individual purpose in my life. And all these labors that I do are, I I mitigate as much risk as I can. I do the research. I'm, I I know my body. I know, I know you know, the range of what I'm capable of doing, and I do everything I can to mitigate the risk. And with that said, there is still a lot of risk still involved with it. But you know, you finding your purpose in life, it 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 requires risk. It requires a degree of risk. But you have to be willing to take that step. You have to be willing to step on the precipice and look over the edge and see what's out there, and then you can choose. You can make an educated decision whether you want to jump or not. So I I, I do those things. In great detail, and I and I develop a very intimate connection to these challenges that I do, and I, I I very I very much obsess over over these challenges to the point where I I, I look at every single detail. It's not something that I just go into recklessly, and because um, I don't give a shit about the records, I don't care about what what comes after it. What I care is like, is this going to deliver my message? People are people going to remember why I did it, not just what I did, but why I did it by doing it? So I have to make sure that that is very clear. First labor I did, I ran 50 K with the 40 pound vest. I did it for cancer, cancer research. You know, my father suffered for a lot of different types of cancers and I was recovering, still recovering from, uh, from my knee surgeries at the time. Right. But I wasn't willing to accept that what the doctors told me, I wasn't willing to accept the doctor say, hey, you're not, you're not going to be, you're never going to run the same again. You're never going to be able to run these distances again. You're never going to be able to, you know, this, you're never going to be able to do that. And I just, I, it, it didn't sit well with me. It, just, it didn't, you know, it's kind of like, Going to school, you're going to school or college and, you, you know, you're studying business uh, and your professors, you're, you're listening to your professor, but they never opened, had a business of their own. Oh, but yeah. They're teaching and telling you all the ins yeah, and outs of business, but they about. themselves have never. So I felt that's what I felt like. I was like, how, how do you know? How could you tell me what my limits are? It's like it's like telling me uh, it's like me saying it's like someone saying, you know, it takes a trillion gallons of water to fill the fill the ocean. Well, how do you know? It, how, you, how do you know it's not a trillion, a trillion and one? How do you know I can't fit one more bucket of of water in the ocean? A lot of people put that finite limit, that finite cap. And my whole question, my whole purpose is like, well, can you do one more? Can I put one more bucket in the ocean? Well, how do you know if I can or can't? And a lot of times people shoot themselves in the foot by listening to the perception and limits that other people put on them.
0: And I wasn't willing to do that. So I I did get everything. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Most every. If not a personal week, because there's a difference between your burden you get strapped with in life and then, stu- sure. uh, and then what you encounter. Most of that sure. stuff, just like we were talking about with that golden door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, when you're walking down a the hallway, there's people coming in and out of those doors. I mean, you're not alone. And if you look over and go, hey, man, instead of just minding your own business and going, and going in there yourself, be like, hey, what was mm-hmm. back, back, back there? And whatever they tell you is what you're going in there with, armed with. Good, bad, or 100%. indifferent. 100%. And if it wasn't 100. for you, and then you're, you're freaking out about something that you shouldn't, then that's a weight, actually. I and mean, Yeah, you'll get stronger from it, man, but you didn't have to lift it. I didn't say you didn't have it. to or you don't, right? But, I mean, it, life's kind of like that, right? And that's why we have all the people around us. You get people around you that are lifting the same weight, same time, kind of great workout partners. I mean, their minds right. kind of ebb and flow together. It's, uh, that's something. It's a gift.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. So um so yeah, so I knocked that I knocked out the first labor and uh you know, it, I I got cracked. I wrecked myself. Obviously, right? <laughs> I I didn't I didn't train much for it. Um but hey, you know, it it was it was a, I had a baseline. I said, you know what? Okay. I survived. I'm not dead. Uh I'm hurt. I'm 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 sore, I can, but I'll, I'm I can recover from this. I can recover from this.
0: See, I think guys Mm. like you, that's how all of y'all say the same thing. Goggins is the same way. Man, (laughs) I just ate some crackers and went out there and freaking did my deal and got my ass kicked. And then he said it exactly like you did. But it set my baseline. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I knew where to start from. So it's probably, it feels like a bad moment. It's a defining one.
3: Mm -hmm. 100%. You know, it's, uh, life isn't, it's, it's all about perspective and uh, and it sounds cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. things are cliches because it's been tested over time and that's time right. again. That's right. and and they found it's been found to be true so much to the point that it's become cliche cliche. and i um and that's one of those things It's like it's is, is about perspective. think reality isn't what happens to us. It's our interpretation of what happens to us. Reality is our response to what happens to us. It's the implication of what happens to us. You know, we're all writing our own story. We're all we're all believe in our own narratives that we tell ourselves. Right. We're all our own individual echo chambers in our minds telling ourselves. And that then becomes what we what we put out there as reality. And so I I wanted to see, you know, how far I could go. And so my 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 second labor, I was like, okay, busted knees. I could still run. Great. I, I, I was never strong at pull ups. All right, never strong at pull-ups. I could maybe do ten, maybe fifteen pull-ups consecutive uh, on a good day. And as my weak point, pull-ups has always been my weak point. And so I set the uh, I, I set the intention for my second labor to beat the world record for the most pull-ups in twenty-four hours. This is twenty fourteen. At the time, the record was held by David
0: Goggins. Yeah, David
3: Goggins he held the record at the time. And at the time, you know, when I was I remember back at when I was at this the scout team, I remember uh I remember him being there. He was uh he was there, he was recovering, I think he was recovering from uh, one of his surgeries. And we would go on runs. Uh we were with the guy, we he would take us on runs up to Silver Strand.
0: Yeah.
3: And all the respect in the world for uh for David, but at the time he wasn't uh he wasn't really like he was doing cra- like we knew he was doing crazy crazy things um but it wasn't really he wasn't as as out there as he is now yeah um so at the time it didn't really click like is this was this the like i I didn't really understand like what what the uh if it was really it took me a minute to for it to really check in that this was the same person that you know we was at the scout team with i was like well who else would it be i mean just, there's not that many black navy seals and there's and yeah, he was. Right. He
1: worked at the Chicago at the um, what's it called the the boot camp thing. Yeah, he was a boot camp. Yeah, he was like the, the scout.
0: Motiv- yeah, scout motivator.
1: Yeah, he was a scout motivator.
3: Right. Yeah, he was. A, he was. He was a scout motivator. Sure yeah. I remember when he
0: went there. Mm. <laughs> forgot
3: yeah. about that.
1: Marcus and David are friends. Yeah, I, I mean, about we're that. we're I am too, but like they actually serve together. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. All right.
0: So, so the, uh, all right, the pull up thing is that you go. Cause you're right. That's hard for everybody. That's pulling your right. weight in the upper direction. is a lot. I mean, that, that's that's sure. a lot for anybody. That number, right? It truly is. So when you're going for the world record to, to to set that, how do you even start? I mean, do you just walk up to the bar and but "I'm gonna do one, and then drop back down and go back up"? I, I'm I'm curious because I try always try to get better at my pull ups. Mm. Yeah, and if you're right, doing so, the, yeah, the pull up.
3: You know, you talk about doing. If you want to do more pull ups you got to do volume you got to increase the volume of pull-ups you do now it's a it's there's volume and then there's intensity so it's not going out and just crushing yourself going all out and and killing yourself in one set a lot of people think they need to do that they think they need to go out max out uh you know do one set max out but the problem with doing one set max out is you crush yourself in one set the next set you do you you can't do as many as you did in the first set if i take if i do less reps in more sets, I get more volume in a day than just crushing myself in the first two sets. So that's what I had to do. Again, I had to check my ego at the door and make a plan to not every set is going to take me to failure, but I'm going to do more sets in the day. And that's how you the, uh, increase the volume over days and weeks. And then that will then uh, you know compound into hours, uh, be, being able to do more pull-ups in hours and minutes. And so that's what I did. So I would do like, a, you know, a workout I would do. I would, I would train strength. So to, to be better at pull-ups, I mean, deadlifts, it's your whole posterior chain. So I, I made my deadlift really strong. I increased my cardiovascular capability because getting fresh blood and oxygen to those working muscles, because you're only you're using the same group of muscles repetitively over and over and over. So having good cardio is going to help with that. Having a strong posterior chain is going to help with that because the chain is only as strong as its weakest link. So people think that pull-ups is just forearms, arms, uh, hands, grip, forearms, lats, back. But it's actually your whole body. Because if you have a weak, if you have weak legs, if you have a weak core, like that chain is, is weak in those areas, your other area, parts of your body are going to have to compensate because, again, there's only two points of contact. And it just cha- it, it trickles down in that chain. So, uh, you know, doing those things, so doing, doing the strength, doing the cardio, and doing the max or uh, the high volume of, of pull-ups in a, in a week over the t- over the span of a week is what enabled me to do more and more pull-ups. But the first attempt, uh, you know, going back to <laughs> going back to the labors, you know, first attempt I failed. It wasn't enough. Um, the record at the time was 4,030, and uh, I remember uh, that day at 2,200 uh, around 2,200 pull-ups, uh, my hands started to rip. They started to rip because the the bar that I uh, the mobile bar that I had out there was moving. Right, so again, two points of contact and there's constant friction because it wasn't stable. I didn't have enough sandbags oh. to hold the the bar in place. My hands started to rip, forearms started to rip, biceps started to rip. I'm I'm sure you heard a story when David talks about. It. You know, I start I started to have a lot of the same uh, injuries that he sustained uh, at around two thousand two hundred pull ups. So I remembered though uh, it was a public event, and it was in Oak Harbor, Washington, and there was a sign up sheet where people can come and put money in the donation box and they could they could sign a uh, uh they can commit to donating certain amounts of money uh to that was based on a number of reps I was doing. there was a big screen next to my, my pull-up station. You could see the number of, of reps I was doing. There was a pull-up counter. And then there was the donation box where people. Cause like, okay, I'm going to commit to this amount of money. If you can, if you could get to this mark. Right. And so people would come out throughout the day. It was pretty cool. Cause Patriot guard guys came out there. Was, it was a good, oh, those guys are great. Good, uh, yeah. The guard yeah, great. yeah. They came and supported and it was really, it was a very, very touching. I was honored for them to come out there. Anyway, 2,200 ups. everything started going to shit. Uh, my pee started to look like uh, Irish whiskey. Um, and it's not blood. A lot of people think that, it, you know, you start pissing blood. It's not blood. It's actually, you know, your, your body's breaking down muscle at such a fast rate yeah. that your, your, your kidneys can't process it. And, and for you, you know, science, you know, heads out there, your rhabdomyolysis.
0: Rhabdomyolysis, actual, man. It looks like Coca-Cola. Yeah. Coca-Cola. <laughs> Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> that sweet, that sweet <laughs> Southern tea. <laughs> oh, all right. So what's that like? I'm just curious, man. What's your body feeling like?
1: Cause you know the training. I mean,
0: the training that we go through when there's beat downs and -hmm. people can't. When we, when like when guys like I I say that, they're like, "All right, what does that mean?" And I'm like, "Just what you're saying. Your body starts to break down. I mean, like you go so hard and so fast, and you're you're going. It's an intensity that the body starts to shut down on the inside. What are you feeling like when you're at two thousand? What's that like?
3: All right, you. uh you feel you go it it waves i mean it's waves okay so you you start go through waves of intense uh very intense pain followed by waves of kind of like uh, your body's trying to uh you get hit with the wave of pain and your body tries to then mask the pain endorphin it because it's accepted the fact that okay this is just what we're doing yeah and we can't continue your body's all about efficiency so in order to maintain this this efficient movement pattern it can't it cannot maintain an efficient movement pattern through a great degree of pain. So it releases the chemicals to kind of mass that or numb it enough to you to get another few steps in yeah. or feet in or reps in, but then the pain comes back in a wave and it hits you. And then the, again, the wave comes back. Okay. Well, we're going to, we're going to let enable the body to do a few more to get to where he's going, because it just accepted that this is for survival. This is just what we need to do at this point in time. We cannot stop. So it, it, people ask if I slept during the record, like your body won't let you sleep. You don't sleep.
0: Yeah.
3: You know, you, you don't, your body has accepted the fate. It, it accepted it. It's, it's locked in on the golden door. There are no, I mean, the, the doors to left and right actually become less than few. Uh, it, it's a great way of filtering the doors actually. Cause the only doors that remain are the strong, are the, oh, yeah. the strongest oh, distractions.
0: Yeah, and your body right? focuses on that. It's like, oh, it didn't care it's like that, yeah, exactly that's what, once you tell it that, that and that's why those uh, are different that's absolutely 100%. right that does happen
3: <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a very it.
0: efficient way it's an efficient way of trimming the
3: fat Absolutely, you know, things 100%. that you thought were important things you thought that was this distraction
0: hell no those
3: things go away that quick and you find out yeah you find out real quick what what are your real what your real demons are yeah and uh so uh yeah. So 2002, I did a thousand more pull-ups. Everything started going bad. I, I was able to do a thousand more pull-ups. I stopped at 3,202, ended up in the hospital for a few days uh, with rhabdomyolysis and, uh, you know, torn forearms, bicep, and uh, and uh, torn up hands. And I remember sitting there in the hospital bed and, I you know, I, was, I see the screen, the local news was covering it. And, uh, you know, USA Today had gotten word of it too. And, you know, the headline, they didn't care about the, the, the charity I was doing it for. They didn't care about the, you know, the, how the media, the they, they, media likes drama. They like to focus some, a lot of times on the negative. And there's just the headline was, you know, sailor in hospital after pull up a tent, you know, hospitalized, you know, sailor hospitalized after pull up a tent. That was that was the big that was the headline. Yeah. And I was sitting there, you know, I was like, well, this sucks. You know, again, I put my eggs, all my eggs in that one basket. I was like, this is, feels really familiar right now. Um, And I remember the conversations I had with my dad on the riverbanks. I remember the things he would tell me. I remember, you know, Hercules, you know, even, you know, he came, he was driven to madness by one of the gods to the point where he murdered his whole family, like he massacred his whole family. And he could have very easily accepted that as his lot in life and just been that guy, been that person and further dwindled into further madness. Um, But he made a choice to still go out. And take himself further and further away from that and to find his purpose. So I had a choice to make in that uh in that hospital hospital bed. Like what am I gonna well what do I do now?
0: You have two choices.
3: You so need to it came accept to you while,
0: I was gonna ask you that. It came to you while you were laying there from another one. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds crazy. Yeah. But that's when it yeah. shows up.
1: That's what you do. That's too. When it shows up. I, I do that too. I, I, that's why I'm asking. Yeah. I was like, that it shows up while you're actually laying there having yeah. your ass
0: whipped from something else. Yeah. One hundred percent. Okay, I'm 100%. just making sure I wasn't crazy. I was like, Mikey, back me up on this, man. That that's when that goes down, right? Yeah, it's a very convenient conversation to
3: it's have. So convenient when, it, when you're. It's very. It's a very easy conversation. You get to get a get a bunch of people to agree with you. Oh, right? yeah. Good, So yeah, he did that. It makes sense. After- it, <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> right? it just yeah. makes sense. Uh, yeah, everything. Your yeah, brain huh? is like, yeah, this is it. This is like, <laughs> I, I know what'll put a, I know what'll put a cork in this right now. That's awesome. We're gonna man. have this conversation right now.
0: That's hilarious. And uh.
3: <laughs> And so uh, but when I was laying there, I, this kid uh, had came in and, you know, this young kid, he was actually awaiting a, a surgery um, uh, to have his uh, he was awaiting transfer from that hospital, uh, regional hospital. I was into a bigger hospital to uh, to have surgery to uh, uh, he needed like a, a kidney transplant. I can't remember quite what the, the surgery was, but it was like a life saving surgery. Yeah. But they, they brought this kid into the room. He's like, hey, you know what? Uh, I just want to shake your hand. And I was in there having, you know, playing the world's smallest violin, having a one-man pity party. I didn't want to talk to nobody. I didn't want. I not even want to talk to this kid. And I was, I was angry that they let someone in, in my room. But they let this. They rolled this kid into my room. He's like, I just want to shake, shake your hand. I just want to tell you that, you know, um, that is amazing. I I never thought anybody would would do something that that extreme for the cause I was doing it for where I was raising awareness for wounded vets. And, and you know, like that, the, why would you do that for something? That's, I'm so inspired. The kid was so inspired. So there I was sitting there. I was like, man, here I am at my lowest point. And, you know, here I am. I feel like, you know, playing a one-man pity party. And here I am at what I felt like was like a rock-bottom moment for me. But yet someone was still watching. Like, I could, I still had power to to inspire this kid. At my lowest point, I could still, the, the next words out of my mouth could to, could um, inspire this kid or could break him down even further. And, no, that, that's, and that's crazy. what everyone's watching. Yeah. Everyone's watching. That's what everyone
0: know. is watching. <laughs> yeah.
3: Absolutely. So I was like, wow. It didn't matter. He didn't care that I didn't break the record. He didn't care that all I didn't. Right. Yeah, you know, didn't care at all.
0: Mm-hmm. He didn't care at all.
3: And here I was just so fixated on that, uh, on a, on a, you know, on a silly record and fixated on, uh, uh, you know, tunnel vision and made it, making it all about me. And, uh, it really, uh, you know, when you step out of the box and really look at the the big picture, man, it, it's, uh, you never know who's watching and who can, who you can still impact. You can still make a difference. Even at your lowest point, you can still make a difference. You can still lift somebody up.
0: Oh yeah.
3: And, uh, that hit, that hit me. That was an epiphany. So, uh, oh, after makes. that, you know, four months later, you know, I, I recovered from that and I was like, you know what, I'm, uh in 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 a time like that you have two choices to make you could either accept things the way they are you could either accept it or you can make a change you could change it accept it or change it that, that's really at the end of the day you got two choices two choices so i chose to change uh to change it i chose to uh take all these excuses for why i couldn't beat the record and why i i sucked and uh turn them into reasons to come back and come come back stronger and beat the record so i i put it out there that you know i would i would come back and reattempt the record a year later and I would do it with a 30-pound pack on my back to show that you can not only come back after failure, but you can come back stronger after failure. And the, pack of, the weight of the pack also represented that burden we talked about earlier that we carry. And that we, it's a self-imposed burden, but it's a burden that not a lot of people have the luxury of taking off. You know, I had the luxury to stop doing pull-ups at, at, at any time. I had the luxury to get off that bar, get in my car, and go home. A lot of people carry that weight, that burden for the for their whole lives, and a lot of times that bur- that weight crushes them, and they never recover from it. They lose the battle. So, the fact that I had the luxury, I had, I had a choice to make, um, was really enough for me to come back and try to beat that record again. And and a year later, I did beat the record. Uh, at the time, to- uh, when I beat it, it had been beaten twice already since Goggins had it, and uh, I had beat the record with five thousand eight hundred and four pull-ups uh, while wearing a thirty-pound pack. Before I came back and, and beat that record, I performed my third labor. So when I beat the record, it actually wasn't a labor. It was just me coming back to show myself and other people that I can, I, you know, I, it was a personal thing for me. Uh, but before I, I came back and beat that record in December of that year, 2014, so the first attempt was July and December, I was training for my third labor. I was going to flip a 250-pound truck tire for the distance of a half marathon, 13 miles straight. And I wanted to do it again to bring uh, raise some money for a uh, a charitable fund uh, for uh, wounded vets. Wounded vets. A friend of mine had just lost, had just you know committed suicide, lost the battle. He was in the army, and I wanted to uh, to bring a uh, raise some money for his family, and also the the charity that I was doing it for. And in the town of Oak Harbor, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of flat land to flip the tire, so I ended up having to do it on a five hundred foot stretch of pavement. Back and forth uh, on a 500-foot stretch of pavement, 140 times. There's 140 spans of a 500-foot, basically a parking lot, and I finished that labor in in, uh, in in 10 hour in 10 hours. The night before I did that labor, I got a call from my sister, and this is why I'm talking about. Those doors, man. Those doors come. Those doors open up. Those doors to the left and right open up at the most critical times, and one big door opened up for me with the night before I did this third labor, I got a call from my sister said, Hey, you know, dad, dad's died. that my, my father had passed away. Mm. And so again, you always got a choice. And my, my father, you know, my father always said, you suffer more in imagination than in reality, Seneca. And, um, you know, I had a choice to make. I could either, you know, accept the situation A lot of people would understand if I postponed the labor. A lot of people would get it. A lot of people agree with me. Why would you continue on? You know, your father just passed away. You know, but my dad—that's not—that's not not the man that my dad raised me to be. He told me he would always told me to finish what I started. And if you're going to do it, go all the way. If you're going to do it, if you're going to choose to do it, you go all in. And so I woke up the next morning. um, I put it in a box. Everything that everything that I was supposed to be feeling everything that I was supposed to be you know going through at that time what people expected me to be I just put it in a box and I and I I, I remember standing there it was cold it was wet it was raining um, and once I started to flip that tire uh, you know the first few flips were heavy for more for not just physically heavy there's just he- it was, they were just heavy but as I began to flip that tire over and over and actually an old uh Vietnam vet I actually uh, I was flipping a tire and he walks up to me he's like you know that thing rolls right? <laughs> 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 right and then he went on his way but <laughs> that's <laughs> wisdom right there <laughs> yeah
0: he walked and, uh, right up on you
3: <laughs> and uh, yeah so
0: um, I, after that you know, you I, could, I, I, hey bro I, did you get that tattooed somewhere or <laughs> a shirt or something <laughs> <laughs> I mean you I dropped should. a couple of good one liners already that were yeah, just absolutely amazing and by the way if you don't turn all your labors into a call it the Hercules, yeah. You, you, I mean that's what I keep thinking about every time because yeah. how people do the races and, and everything that oh, we have okay. down here now. I mean, as far as challenges, because you've already qualified it, you yeah. got it done right. Like call it so like
1: actually make it make it the Hercules.
0: It's like if you want to, if yeah. you think you're a Hercules, you have to do this.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean,
3: I'll refer back to the disclaimer in the beginning.
1: <laughs> Nobody tried this. This be at this. your
3: own risk. <laughs> I do not recommend anyone do any of these challenges. Obviously, right? somebody told <laughs> you this sign up before. Physician.
0: That's why you had the disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: yeah. So, uh, third labor. twenty fourteen, was 2014. Uh, third labor knocked out, and then I came back in 2015. And uh, I wanted to. I wanted to do a, a labor to bring awareness for Parkinson's disease. Again, each 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 labor has a, the message. Has the the physical aspect has to do with the message. So people with Parkinson's. I remember my father just wanting to hold on to those things that he loved in life. And I just felt him losing that grip of it every single day. Uh, and I saw what he never voiced it. He always had a positive attitude. He always, uh, he never complained one time about it, but I could see it. I could see that he was, you know, it, it hurt him. And I know that million, the millions of other people with Parkinson's across the world, uh, they might be feeling the same thing. So I wanted to make sure that, that they had a voice out there and that, um, I was able to do something positive to to bring awareness to that uh to that disease and, and raise uh, money for those programs and resources so i i decided to climb a rope uh the height of mount everest so the plan was to climb a 20-foot rope for 27 hours straight to equal 29,029 feet and uh i wanted to just broadcast that live and just do it and, and raise the money so i ended up raising 20 grand
0: for uh the michael j fox uh Love that, uh, man. Michael J. Fox. I love that man, dude. Mm-hmm. How great is he? Another Michael. Write that down. Climbing a rope is probably one of the hardest damn things to do. First of all, how'd you pick that one?
3: So again, with the you know the rope. I mean, climbing a why is climbing a rope hard? It's a full body. It's a full body movement on a on a. You know, you're on a pull-up bar. That's a fixed. Uh, that's
0: a fixed bar.
3: Absolutely, and you're dealing with gravity
0: and tra- weight changing. I mean, just exactly. Go,
3: the transfer of energy is 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 more efficient on a bar because it's fixed. A rope is not fixed, so there's a lot of wasted energy going. Yeah, it's really a full body movement. It's very difficult to do it. It requires a lot of technical skill to climb a rope. To be efficient at climbing a rope, you have to have uh, you have to have a good technique.
1: Is the rope how you busted your knees?
3: No, no. You know, I busted. Was, I don't know if it was fade or what it was, but we were running on the beach and it was a divot there was a small divot in the, in the sand. It was the same divot that 15 guys in front of me just trolleyed, you know, lollied down into. And when it came my turn to just run down into the divot, both knees went at the same time. It was the straw that broke the camel's back. Oh. Um, so I can't explain how, how or why or what, what happened. All I know is I heard a loud pop and it was, uh, rest is history.
1: Yeah. Sorry. I didn't know if you fell off the, don't they have that big old rope in the, Yeah, that's
3: when I broke my leg. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, the rope. Yes, you know the rope is very. Yeah, I I, I mean I got pretty busted up doing that one,
0: doing how, that one for 27 talk, talk hours about on the rope for a second. Compared to the pull-ups on that fixed bar, I mean, at, at 22, how many? When did that 29. get tough? When, when did that get tough? You know, um,
3: the rope the rope was tough, but there was no point in the rope uh, when climbing the rope that you know I was like I'm in. Tr- I, I thought that I was in trouble. Oh, really? um, it was tough. Um I, I mean I had I had scraped the hardest part of the rope was I, I had scraped all the skin down to the bone off of my shin. So I had oh, shin yeah. guards, I had tape on my shin and at and that didn't help. And you know, the thing is like at at about you know, a quarter maybe half halfway through that challenge, I had no I was just bone it was bone on rope. It was yeah. bone on rope both both shins. Ugh. So there's no wave of, there's no, there was no good wave that followed the pain wave after, you know, during this one, it's just all pain for this one. Um, but, you know, pain is like, is a sensation. It's a feeling like, and we can, we can go on a whole, a whole tangent on what, you know, what pain really is. It, it's not always, it doesn't always correlate to the, the actual extent of the physical injury itself. So it's a lot of it is mental. And so climbing the rope in large part was a mental, more of a mental challenge for me than it was a physical challenge. And, I, and I, I had been training. So I, at the time, like I had, I had failed the first record, did the tire flip, and I had beaten the, the record again. So I was in good climbing shape, I mean, pulling shape. So it was just transferring that to a rope. That was a challenge, having to transfer that, getting my core strong enough to be able to endure that. Because my core was just as wrecked as my forearms. And it's just a whole body movement. I, I can't explain how it just takes a lot. It just takes out of your whole body yeah. to climb the rope. So after that challenge, uh, so that was my fourth labor. I went on and did my fifth labor, which was a, a truck pull. I pulled a truck, uh, pulled a Ford F-150 22 miles across Death Valley, uh, two and a half ton pickup truck in, uh, in the middle of the summer. So to me, that truck pull was harder than the rope, rope climb because the heat so it's 110, 115 degrees.
0: So the elements, not, the, not necessarily the elements. The, yeah.
3: It's a, it's a, it's almost like a, it's an extra, it's, it's a third person in the room with the, with the heat. 100%. Right?
0: Hey, I, <laughs> them suckers are game changers. When, when they show up, yeah. it changes everything.
3: Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Uh, so I pulled the truck. Uh, I did that for my fifth labor. I Just out of curiosity,
0: for, uh, real fast, Mike, when you're when you're going through your labors, you're writing the your rewards down too. When you do, right through every labor there's got to be a reward what you pull out of this each one of these have to have to trigger something new inside of you, whether you've realized that or not. It's like every time a lady has a baby there's a there's a new right. uh, goes through that labor there's a reward for that and something you don't even know, and it also right. grows each right. one of these environments that you throw yourself into triggers something inside of you, and sure. then life itself will show you what that is. I'm just curious as to do you I, talking about your labors, I keep thinking about the rewards that come yeah. after an ass whipping.
1: Like, do you recognize yeah. well, your you, rewards? You've,
0: you've passed that knowledge yeah. on too. Absolutely. Well, you got to come
3: back and, re- I mean, like, the, the we're all the heroes of our own story, right? You go through the crucible, you come back and you share the lessons learned. And I'm sure you can relate to this, Marcus, but the reward for, for com- going through a crucible is the next crucible. The reward for the complete finishing a labor is the next labor. The reward for finishing your challenge is the next challenge. That's the reward. Yeah. It's
0: like a game. That's right. Next level up. An, an upgrade to yeah, the it's next a,
3: level. It's a, it's a gift. It's a gift. Yeah. You, you, you survived one of the hardest things that it, it tested you up to that point, and you're still standing. So your reward is what is the, whatever's next. It's the next
0: level up. Oh, That's a great way of saying that. And how you acknowledge, you don't acknowledge that and you won't ever see it until somebody else does. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: People who come into your life and hear that that you went through that that phase and that level, they'll upgrade you. They'll be like, hey, man. It changes you in front of them. When they hear you've done something like that. In in absolute time. Mm -hmm. You can see it on their face. Mm -hmm. 100%. And and matter of fact, you can almost tell when, when someone thinks something a certain way, you don't have to scold them you don't have to talk down to them. You don't ever have to say anything to them again. The minute they see that and it, 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 it's actually the best thing you can witness when someone, when someone does that. And it's true. That's truly what that is. That's a great way of saying that.
3: Exactly. So, uh, so I think, yeah, so that brought me to my, uh, you know, fifth labor and I'm now I'm on my sixth labor and, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm out of the military now so i did my 11. so i, I pulled the truck still actually pulled still the truck it, on my on terminal <laughs> <laughs> terminal leave you know I, I, this is my last uh my last thing moved down to portland oregon to uh to be a trainer to be a coach yeah you know i'm, I'm also a performance coach so you know I, I i coach athletes been doing it for about as long as i've been in the military to that point it was kind of like started out as my side gig higher higher and higher caliber caliber athletes started coming uh reaching out to me to train. And it just kind of evolved from there. So at the point, the time I got out of the military, I had already been working with you know uh, uh, teams in the government, uh, teams you know mil- other military teams, um, high high level athletes, and I was sharpening my tool set in that arena in preparation for the transition out of out of the military to go do that full time. And that's what I did. So I moved down to uh, to Oregon to to pursue that full time. Started planning my seventh labor, sorry my sixth labor. Sixth labor was uh, you know. Uh, I I ran. I uh, decided to run twenty miles uh, every day for hundred one hundred consecutive days. I wanted to. Yeah, you know, a lot of people at the time. Uh, you know, the internet's undefeated, and I, I'm victim. To, I'm I, I'm a, I'm victim to it too. But you know, you start right, seeing yeah, the right, comments. Right. You know, they, right. you can only ignore so much. And you know, I, I was like, people were saying, well, you know, what do something? You're you're very strong. The people were saying, like, you're strong but I don't, they, they said, I don't have endurance. And that really got to me. Oh, you fa- really, <laughs> I was like, I was like, so I don't have endurance. Okay. Well, what could, what could I do? So I ran 20 miles for a hundred, hundred days straight. Um, and I, I, I did it to fund, uh, to, I organized, planned, planned and funded a three day veterans retreat for people suffering from traumatic brain injury, um, PTSD and, and depression It was out in sisters, Oregon, uh, there's a lot of di- we had a, lo- a lot of different modalities out there but i worked with a real i i i brought a, a really strong team together and and all the money i raised from that labor went to actually funding that retreat retreat for about six it was a small group about six uh vets who uh were suffering from those things and it was uh, is one of the most meaningful projects i've done in my life and worth every ounce of pain that went into the the labor and process of uh just getting getting that off the ground um and so that one, that labor was, uh, I mean, man, that was the longest labor I've done. I mean, 100 days straight. And I was also going to school full-time uh, and working full-time. So a lot of my, my runs were at, four, you know, 3, 4 in the morning or, you know, late at night, nine, ten, eleven at night uh, when I could just get, get them in. And, uh, yeah, again, that, that golden door and the, the exits are out there. It just trims the fat, man. It trims the fat.
0: Well, there's that and, uh, feeling that you get when you when you accomplish something inside your frame. It's almost like you get a superpower. Like, I can't believe this thing got through that. Like, uh, we, we, we made it. Even, even beat to death. You're laying there in the most pain, just suffering. We talked about that, even when we're in the hospitals. Mm-hmm. But there's a point to when that this this thing kicks in your head and you're like, hey, hey, good job. Like, we, we got through that. We're still alive yeah. and talking about it. That was the point. And everyone will say that. was the point. That was the point. It was just to survive that thing. Not anything else. I mean, you know, and and some of those, and then there's, that's funny, I'm guilty of that too. People are like, when you're doing this, you didn't have that. I'm like, well, all right, fine. Let's go get that done then. (laughs) (laughs) No, I hear you, man. man. Hey, bro, that happens to me too, man. I, I don't think you can turn that off. I mean, you could probably train it and set it down and put a leash on it, but I don't, I don't know if you could absolutely turn that off. That that little voice is funny. Yeah,
1: y'all are a special breed because I, mean, I
0: don't know what that is, but I got to problem. You tell me
1: shit all day long and I'd be like, so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Some of us aren't wired like that.
3: Man. I am I mean, not wired flipping... like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, man. So that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah. So seventh labor, I you know I, I pulled another truck. I except, except this time I did in in the Arctic Circle. It was during the pandemic. Went up to the Ar- Arctic Arctic uh, Arctic Circle 2020. You didn't uh, miss
0: much pulled... down here.
1: Yeah,
3: <laughs> I really I was I was actually I was working in a, when everything kicked off with that. I was I was out in remote Alaska. I was out in w- Western Alaska. Um, so you know you you can only, Bethel Alaska. I don't know if you're filming right, is, is Bethel Alaska, and it's uh, you can only get in and out by plane. Yeah. Uh, and it's just one of those places where it's just very just really cold and just remote and wasn't a whole lot out there. But I, I went out to the Arctic Circle, did the truck pull out there, pulled it 10 miles with 50 pounds, wearing 50 pounds of chains. And uh, for the eighth labor after that, uh, which is my last labor that I completed, I, I broke the world record for the longest full body uh, immersion in ice. So I sat in a, in a box of ice up to my shoulders for two hours and 40 minutes
1: uh, to How suppress,
3: that, yeah. suppress that record.
0: What was that like coming out of that?
3: coming out of that. Yeah, coming uh, out of it. Yeah, man. Um I it was cold. And how cold.
0: How did it slow you all the way down?
3: Slow me down is like my like heart. Like your rate. blood flow.
0: Yeah. The blood I'm curious as to how far you slowed down and then and when you came out of that actively rewarming back up what that felt like.
3: Yeah. So the so the medical the the med guy I had watching me, you know, the the safety observer I had watching me I had a had a chart of like what to what the physical response would be as my my temperature dropped was he talking to
0: you during that and i was like all right do you feel this this is what's going on
3: (laughs) 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 well you know when it it, it got to a point where it's like i'm probably dead at this point but just put some sunglasses on me yeah check and like weekend at bernie's and just keep the clock all right keep it going yeah (laughs) um yeah so yeah it was it was that was a that was a mental one so i did that one because you know i I had done all these physical ones, and I honestly, like I needed to rest my body. I had, knocked, I had done seven labors in, a, in about a three-year window, and I needed to. You know, my body was telling me that in, my, my adrenals, right? My I wasn't. Yeah. I needed to rest. So I, I, I still wanted to keep the ball moving forward, though, and, and and do something. So I was like, you know what? All I gotta do is sit in a box, and uh, and uh, endure the cold for a little bit. I, I can do this. Um, and it. The toll on my body. I mean, I'm going to get blisters. I probably might, I might get some cold, some uh, some cold injuries, but I can do this one. And a lot of it was uh, again just uh, breath work. Learning a new skill. Like I didn't know much about the the breathing other than the four by huge. four breathing. Four by four. You. Yeah.
0: Same here. Yeah. That's huge. So it
3: was like it, it, I it, wish it, it, they would have sat us
0: down and and made us do that. Yeah. They that that was it, a serious game changer for me. Was the breath. It work. works. Yeah, it works, yeah. man it not only works it's, it works right away oh right away you don't have to- <laughs> I mean like right away yeah. you wanna, here's the supply yeah. demand and reaction right yeah. there I mean you, I, I completely agree with that and I matter of fact it's kind of one of the only times I ever got irritated and I was like why didn't y'all show me this because it Marcus changed, just started breathing it about it everything
1: about a year and a half ago is when he really got into oh, breath get work. Get
0: on that, oh, and he ugh. started
1: by using an app. And the app would tell him as he would progress, like, oh, you're at the level, so whatever. And I'll never forget one day, I'm sitting next to him, and he shows me his phone. It says... You have the breath hold of a Navy SEAL. <laughs> I was like, you made it. Babe. <laughs> made it.
0: Finally, you Finally, made it. <laughs> now it's official. Now <laughs> it's official. There you go. I, I, that, that, the, and I don't know what it is when we're kids, because there are this section of the people that we hang out with that do that, They meditate, mm-hmm. they do, they're do. they into all that. And then there's the athletes. Yeah. But athlete, if they have, if the athletes would breathe like that after they get done working out, and vice versa. Yeah. If they could just in the straight that those in between the mind, body, spirit. You plug all exactly. three of those in there, man. I, I try to tell people, like, hey, if you train your body, the reason they say that thing's made of clay is cause you can mold it. Mm-hmm. The skin's the socket comes in. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you yeah. know working that body out does that to it, what do you think mm-hmm. working that mind out will do? It'll change it completely. And your spirit separately. Like, take a third of your day and put all three of those in there. Wake your body out one for a second, your mind, and your spirit. You ever run into anybody trains all three of those? They are they are very dangerous. You can't fluster them. You can't get them worked out. I mean, their body's... Impen- I mean, it's serious when you see one of them. There are not a lot of them walking around. You. No, there's not. I'm still working on it. <laughs> it's usually by the time you get to the spirit part, your body's beat to death. You can't... You know what I'm talking about? It's... that's a paradox that's paradox (laughs) yeah that's paradox. if no one's there to teach you at a young age to do all three of those you will completely destroy one of them Mm -hmm. trying just to have a good time with it
1: yeah
0: it's like an addiction for each yeah
1: so after the ice were you like okay i need a year off or (laughs) were you ready to go into your next labor
3: right so yeah so after the ice i you know i i every time i finish the labor i i i'm always looking to the next one because again the reward the, for me the reward is that like i, I get excited for the next uh, i don't spend too much time thinking about you know I, I don't care too much about the records records will be broken for the re- for the rest of history of time and i look at the impact that it that it has i really follow that and see what you know how how can i leverage this accomplishment in a way that impacts other people i look for ways to leverage or whether speak whether i can speak about it whether i can uh you know, tell the story to someone who needs to hear it, even if it's just one person that needs to hear it. Um, I think that's enough for me. Um, so I'm always looking for the next labor. The first eight that I did were me battling kind of like my personal demons, uh, things that uh, were deeply rooted in my life. And the last four that I'm on now will be uh, things that, uh, you know, kind of impact the the, the, the bigger tribe, kind of impact everybody on a more global scale. So... I mean for my next labor so for my ninth labor so I might as well I, I guess I'll announce it here since uh, and this will be the first time I announcing this
1: uh, oh, ninth right. labor so I might what's as up?
3: well do it do it now if we're going to we're going to talk about it cuz I'm sure that the, the one of the questions is going to be what's what's next. Yeah. Yep. Uh so what's next is uh you know I plan to swim across the seven seas of the ancient world while pulling a 10-ton ship with a harness.
1: What?
0: All right, pencil me so, in on one of those. I want to be there for that.
1: That would be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Has anybody done that?
0: No one's done that.
3: That I know of.
1: So name the seven it, seas.
3: So you got the Adriatic Sea, you got the Black Sea, you got the Red Sea, you got the Caspian Sea, you got the Aegean Sea, you got the Mediterranean Sea, you got the Persian, uh, the Persian Gulf. It was, was a sea in the,
0: ancient, in the uh-huh. ancient world. And you got the North Sea.
1: Okay. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. When do you want to do that?
0: fact that he knew all of those? Because I was like, Dead Sea, Baltic.
1: <laughs> Super <laughs> impressive. None of,
0: the, none of those were on his list.
1: I was just going to say, I just studied the seas with um, our son Axe uh, for his Bible class. He had to actually do a map. And so I was curious if you...
3: Sure. Well, you know, oh, that's the, a the big definition one Yeah, the definition of seas has changed throughout history, but in the according to the ancient Greeks, is which what I'm going off of. Right. How they had it in their literature, what those were the seven. But I mean, it was different for the Romans. It was different for, you know, a lot of different uh, people. All right,
0: next. All right, after this one, we're trekking Alexander's path through through the whole
1: (laughs)
3: Persian Empire, (laughs) or do the Silk Road,
1: Alexandria
0: in (laughs) Afghanistan, do the Silk Road? Yeah, the Silk (laughs) Road run. Right. You said something. that the greatest record holder of all is time. It holds all the records. I'd never heard it said like that. I'm, can I steal that one from you?
1: <laughs> Marcus is going to be like, Absolutely. I'm going to take it. That was a good one, man. These? It's like and the best
0: these? record holder of all time is time. I mean, yeah. it, eventually it'll break all the records.
3: Right.
1: So when do you plan on doing this?
0: Next year. Next summer.
1: Like
3: 2023?
0: 2023. And, you know, it's a... Uh, first of all, you swimming, obviously, because more... there's a big difference out in the ocean.
1: The oh, seas. Oh, well, yeah, oh, seas, seas. yeah, sea swimming
3: is different than... than yeah, indoor swimming for sure, one hundred percent. But you know, the you to pull a, a ten-ton ship, uh, you you know, you think about those big tugboats that tug those. You know, the horsepower on those on those ships aren't, aren't really that that uh, that high. It's just consistency. It's it's perseverance. It's, it's just maintaining a Draft. a steady yep, a steady, steady low low gear. That's right. Uh, and pulling over, but time. You know, if you just stay consistent and keep that momentum and force going, you can you can you'd be surprised how much you can pull. That well, have you to tried so What
0: if you start pulling you? that sucker and it gets momentum, and, and then what it starts pulling you? Oh, because I, I can't wait line. to see you try this.
1: Uh, hold on, have you? Attempted- Are we getting off topic here? Because I've got some stuff running like, like, in my head. Have <laughs> you attempted to pull something that heavy while swimming?
3: I, I can barely swim.
1: Oh my god! I'm really I can barely there. <laughs> We are going. We want to be there for that.
0: I hadn't been up in that area, anyways, man.
1: Yeah, you have to.
0: I hope
3: you would. I I hope you will join me. That would be a great honor.
1: We will be there for that. We like to travel anyway. We love to explore, so we'll definitely. So I
2: know you trained Colin O'Brady. So is Colin O'Brady going to train you for this? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I'll definitely be uh be
1: picking his
3: brain for uh for a lot of the uh you know the technique with the swimming. But you know, Colin yeah, we talked about Colin O'Brady, I believe he was a guest uh yeah. on the show not too long ago. Uh, yeah, I trained him to cross uh, he was his first uh, guy to cross Antarctica solo, unsupported and uh and unaided. Incredible athlete. And uh yeah, he he um I I, I threw this off by him and uh, you know he's one hundred percent What did he uh, say? Same react, same reaction you guys That's what uh, I you thought. guys had. The same exact reaction. You can't
0: ask guys like us because they be like, "Oh yeah, come on, man. You know what I mean? It sounds great."
1: I'm like, "What?"
2: Colin's that's like, what "You what could I do better. better. You could do better. yeah, you go bigger. That's all you can do." He's probably but the one that's always great. talking
0: smack, right? When you get when when you're laying there, he's like, "Oh, what about this?" <laughs> you
3: know, Colin. Colin's very. Uh, he thinks he's slick. He doesn't really talk smack, <laughs> but he uh, he has a look. He has a smile. All right, that you see that it's a smile that kind of talks at you. I remember we were doing this event that uh, he does. It's called 29029. He's basically you climb up and down a mountain until, you know, it loops up and down a mountain until you reach the height of Everest. It's 29029. Yeah. And I was doing it with him uh, one of these years. And I was really, I was hurting. And uh, I remember he was like, he was walking by me. And he didn't have to say anything. He just gave me that, that fucking look. A yeah. little
1: smirk. A little
0: fang hangs out the side like, ah, you know. Ah. Oh, yeah, man.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this great. is crazy. I love them, though. How did you <laughs> come right? up with that? that plan that's a good one
3: well you know this this labor this this labor is is twofold the the, it's twofold you know the seas are the bloodline of the world right and uh, a lot of the um a lot of the the things that we're doing in the oceans and in the seas you know is is, i've always been you know fascinated with uh with the water you know even just being on the boat being in the water growing up in the lakes and, and just the lands with my father growing up and um i wanted to to kind of uh, send a message out there like yeah you know what we need to we need to do something we're, we're killing the we're killing the fish killing the animals we gotta we gotta do something about this but the second part of the this this labor this really is a love letter to my uh to my son i just had a son
0: oh, congratulations
3: turns, thank you he turns 11 he turned 11 months this month on the 27th Aww. it'll be a year next month and i wanted to leave something
0: wait this, not this just november with,
1: 27th that's our anniversary yeah. 27th. oh yeah congratulations. yeah
3: there
0: it is. Scorpio. Now you have to. Watch now you out. have After to. While, yeah.
3: Come on.
1: <laughs> what's his
3: name? His name's Michael.
0: <laughs> There's another Michael. There. <laughs> All right. What's his middle name? Would you Raymond. strap on this? What is it? Raymond. Michael Raymond. My, Michael Raymond. Is
1: that, is that your dad's, dad's, dad's name? name?
0: Yeah, that's dad's name.
1: Yeah. yeah that's good. good stuff, Figured. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What
0: are you so talking I about? Wanted, a,
3: uh, yeah. I wanted to do this one for him and, uh, uh, uh and really dedicate this labor for for my boy, uh, and you know these, you know these things. It, it, that's really what it's about. I mean, our time on this on this planet is very limited, and, and the things that we do, the things that we do in this very short amount of time on this earth, echoes in eternity. And eternity is eternity from the from the from the lens of your loved ones and the people that that uh, you leave your your inspiration footprints, footprints of inspiration to it's not a time eternity is not a time it's a, it's a lens it's a frame through which your loved ones view you and talk about you and see you that's eternity that's immortality uh, it is not a time frame so uh, with doing these challenges and these labors i hope to leave those same footsteps of inspiration that my father left for me on in his short time on this earth i want to do the same thing for my son on the short time with on his on this earth and the only thing, the only goal, the only objective is for him to leave this world a better place than he found it. Like I hope I am doing and I hope that everyone who hears my message does. And uh, that's really what it's about for me.
1: That's so awesome. Your dad dumbed. is just, he sounds like such a great guy. Do you have a picture of him that you would be willing to share with us that we could put on the YouTube?
3: <laughs> I have one, you know, it's, it's funny. I have one, one picture with, with my dad that I ever took and it's a it's a very grainy picture it's only one picture I just at my high school graduation because again like the just him with the going through that we just didn't take a lot of pictures yeah. he, he actually didn't like taking too many pictures uh, in his later in later years but uh i got I do I do have one picture and it's a picture that's very dear to me it's just me and him at my at my high school graduation
1: and, uh, Aww. yeah well if you're willing to share it we'll put it splice it into the YouTube that we do for your show i'm saying this without asking yeah we're always good always good Uh yeah yeah i think that would be really special
0: yeah if i
3: can't do it i'll let you know
2: when you're
1: okay (laughs) (laughs) um is your mom still around
3: she is she is she's uh she's retired from the military after she retired she did another uh she went into the reserves tired retired out of the reserves and during that same time, she was working at one of the VA hospitals as a head nurse there. Retired from that, so now she's just live, uh, you know, living retired life in New Mexico. That's Good for awesome, her.
0: Saint.
1: We- came from a really good family, yeah. it sounds like. Hey, what's your
0: kid doing? Oh, no, he's probably out there pulling some one-ton boat <laughs> through the seas. Or, you know, he's running over in a mountain volcano or something. I don't yeah, know.
3: He's strong. He's strong. He's, he's, strong a, he's boy. a strong one. I, I, I know he's strong because he, he likes to rip the, the hairs out of my beard when I'm holding him. i got to hold him at <laughs>
0: distance because he I gets a hold my, my beard. I can't wait to see what heads. he comes up with. <laughs> I know. Michael Raymond.
1: Aw.
0: Well, yeah. So brother, awesome. right, how, how can our, our listeners track you and follow you and, and keep keep in touch with you?
1: yeah
3: sure man i'm uh i'm on uh most social media mike mccastle is the handle and i got a website mike mccastle.com yeah if, if you uh you know i'm my, my i have an open door so please reach out
1: do you have a book
3: i do not i do not have a book
1: you don't have a book so you just have your socials have and people can follow you on your 12 labors of love website is that what it is
3: 12 Labors Project, uh, 12 labors. It's MikeMcCastle.com. It's on It's on the website.
0: Okay. Yeah, 12 Labors Project is the okay. actual
1: name of it. I
0: can't wait awesome. to finish it, man. That's the Hercules.
1: I'm serious. We will go. We really do like to travel. I hope, so. and I, hope we so. will... I hope you'll be on
3: the boat. I hope you'll be
0: on the boat. Oh, oh sh- you don't want me on there. Something. I'll talk more shit <laughs> to you, man. I'll be throwing stuff. I'll chum the water around you just, in case, just to have something show up. <laughs> you I know how we do it. Up.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna close I'm gonna close this door Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> hey
0: man, God bless you, bro. Thanks for doing
3: yeah, it.
1: Yeah, thank you for coming on.
3: Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'll take care. Thank you you Yeah, oh. God
1: bless. Bye.